This is Talk of the Town on Magic 590 AM WROW, also heard on 100.5 FM. I'm Bob Cudmore. Joining us is Kathy Sheehan, the mayor of Albany. In a few minutes, we'll be talking with a special guest, Albany historian, former Assemblyman Jack McEnany. But we begin with constituent questions for Mayor Sheehan. First question about a parking ticket, Mayor. I was parking on Washington Avenue, February 23rd. Paid for the time I was going to be there in the machine. I mistakenly put the receipt face-side down on the dashboard and got a ticket. Doesn't seem fair. I didn't exceed the time I paid to park there. Am I liable to contest this ticket? Well, you can absolutely contest the ticket, although I would hope that you would understand that our uh, the people who issue those tickets can't read through paper, so it wasn't as if they knew that you had it at the time. <laughs> um, and so it is, you know, we, we do say right on the ticket that they should be face up, um, but if you mail in the ticket with the uh, time-stamped receipt that you received, uh, and if it's the same, you know, period as when you were issued the ticket for, then that ticket will be um, waived. So you can either come into City Hall and do that or mail that in, and hopefully next time to save yourself the trouble or the stamp, you'll... uh uh, flip it right side up, but you know, <laughs> I, I, don't don't beat up yourself too hard. That it, it happens, and uh, it's it's not that unusual of a of a um, something that we see in the um, in the parking violations bureau. Okay, second question has to do with cab fare. I came into Albany at the bus station downtown, took a cab to U Albany. I think I was overcharged by quite a bit. I argued with the cab driver, but he said I had to pay the fare or he would call the police. What is my recourse? Cab drivers should have some kind of oversight from the city. Well, I agree, and there is oversight of cabs in the city. All cab drivers have to have a license to drive a cab, and those are issued by the city. We know that this is, though, a challenge and a problem across the region, and um, Assemblymember John McDonald has been leading the efforts, um, working with CDTA to um Explore ways that we can provide better taxi service in the capital region where people will know what the fares are going to be and what those schedules are. Um, It's something that the Albany Convention Center and Visitors Bureau has been um, a proponent of. And it's really critical to economic development, especially as we see the convention center um, as it's rising and it's going to open up. So this is something that really screams out for a regional approach, a more regional approach, which I support. But in the event that you have a complaint of any kind, I'm actually going to give you the name of a police officer. Hmm. His name is Mike Romano, and his number is 462 8780 and he is the person that you should contact it's really important that you get the name of the cab company and the cab number and if you're still in the cab and you have a problem the actual hack license number that the cab driver is supposed to have um, if you're not able to get through to Mike you can always call the general number at 438-4000 um, and they will uh, direct your call and you know it's just unfortunate that people have those experiences Police Chief uh, Brendan Cox has released least data on the red light cameras, uh, Mayor. Uh, there were still a number of accidents near red light camera intersections, but the chief says it's too early to tell if they're actually making the streets safer. The cameras also have not produced net revenue for the city, apparently, although you had budgeted the cameras to produce $1.9 million in a year. What's your take on the effectiveness of the cameras? 
again, we need to look at the data. And we had always said that we were going to do this in a very transparent way, looking at accident statistics before the cameras were installed and after the cameras were installed. I want to make something very clear. When we unrolled red light cameras, I said, and the police chief said very clearly, this is not about revenue. It's about public safety. We built in revenue based on what the vendor who um, we uh, purchased the cameras from um, projected that revenue would be. We also projected that revenue declining drastically after the cameras were installed and fully implemented for a year. Because, again, this is not about a revenue grab. It's about public safety. So we have to look at those accidents. We also said that when we installed these cameras, we expected to see an increase in rear-end collisions, which are far cause far less, typically far less um, uh, property and personal damage than the type of T-bone accidents that happen when people run red lights. Um, and so we we have a format that we have to collect that data in. What we have is very preliminary. All of the cameras are not even yet installed. So once we have everything installed and we start uh, really getting an understanding of what the revenue numbers are going to be, we may very well have to adjust the budget. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if we had to. If you, revenue was not the main thing, why did you put it in the budget? Because we knew that we were going to generate revenue from it based on the fact that this is a fine that is issued. Um, and so we um, certainly, again, you know, when I got that number, I was very skeptical of $1.9 million. Um, that was a number that was discussed at length with the police chief, with the vendor. Um, and the vendor was adamant that they thought that that was a very realistic number. Uh, we now have some cameras installed, most of the cameras installed. I think there are two more lights that need to um, to, to be installed, and we'll see uh, what the revenue ends up being. But again, the most important part of this is what is the safety impact of it, and that's what we have to look at. If we, if we see that the data isn't demonstrating that safety is increasing, then we need to take a hard look at whether we continue with this um, and that has been my unwavering position since we launched our effort to get red light cameras two years ago. We're uh, talking with Albany Mayor Kathy Sheehan on Talk of the Town. Joining us now is retired Assemblyman and Albany historian Jack McEnany. Jack McEnany has served as a member of the State Assembly, representing uh, Albany City and other parts of Albany County for 20 years. In his long political career at the city, county, and state level, he was known for sometimes opposing the longstanding Albany Democratic Party organization. He was Albany County historian for 10 years. He's the author of the book uh, Albany, Capital City on the Hudson, and has worked on several history documentaries. You frequently see him on uh, TV news talking about Albany history. In the interest of full disclosure, his daughter, Rachel McEnany, currently is the budget director for Albany Mayor Kathy Sheehan. Uh, Jack, I, I guess my first question is, uh, why is politics so important in Albany and you know the history of Albany? It certainly has been. One is we're, we're obviously the state capital and we're the county seat and we're a major city in our own right. So, uh, that's one thing. But sometimes I facetiously say, you know, this is what happens when you don't have a big league sports team <laughs> that uh, all of that sports enthusiasm gravitates to, uh, uh, to politics. I think it's just in the, in the nature of the beast. We've always been uh, a very critical location in New York state and national history and, what goes on here really matters. People uh, pay attention. Everybody knows somebody who uh, 
works for government at one level or another, and it's always been the talk of the town. It's a long-standing tradition. Mm. Um, and, and Mayor, you've uh, brought together some groups looking at heritage tourism recently, I believe. Uh, what is heritage tourism and what have these groups been doing? Well, we really look at uh, cultural and heritage tourism as tourism that is driven by people's desire to really know the stories of a place. And so there are people who travel to places because they have an interest in the story, in the unique history of that location. Heritage tourists stay longer. They spend more money. And so it is an important economic driver for especially cities like Albany, that has such a rich history and a story to tell. And the challenge in Albany has been that that story has been siloed. So you have the wonderful state capital and the state complex that tells an incredible story about different periods of time in our history, and that's overseen by the state. And then you have the state museum and the incredible collections that are exist inside the education department that are overseen by the State Department of Education. And then we have our historical homes in the city of Albany, Albany, the Albany Institute of History and Art, so many rich resources, our architecture. And so we really decided that early on in my administration, we wanted to bring together people who were passionate about this, like Jack McEnany and others. Um, I, I have to say Miriam Tremontosi and uh, Matthew Bender were very helpful in this effort, but really brought together many different groups of people to focus on how do we put a structure in place that allows us to really lift up our heritage sites and this wonderful asset that we have and use it in a way that drives economic development. Mm, Jack, this must sound like a good idea. What it's do you a think? great idea. We've, I'm on that uh, uh, that group and we've been meeting for uh, over a year. The mayor has a, a final report and draft uh, formed until she announces it. But um, there's been a lot of cooperation going on. Some of it's in anticipation of the convention center opening up where we have to explain ourselves to our our visitors who will greatly increase in numbers. Uh, but it's also that there's a feeling we're a very unique community. There was a speaker a couple of weeks ago at the, uh, uh, at the Albany Institute of History and Art, which has a, uh, a lecture virtually every mm-hmm. uh, Sunday. And she was from Buffalo. And it's important to get new eyes to take a look at, at what's here. And we are unique among cities. We're Dutch, not English-speaking mm-hmm. in our origin, we're um, we're a state capital, not just a, a city of around a hundred thousand, give or take, uh, and we have a long history, going back for four centuries, and this is an age when people are rebelling against the big box chain stores, and they like to look at the individuality of themselves. Genealogy, for example, is probably the largest. Uh, uh, hobby or avocation that we have in the country, and it's growing all the time. People want to look at their roots. They want to see uniqueness, not sameness. And we've got so much to offer, and we want to share it with our own people who need to know it, as well as with the world. This is Talk of the Town on Magic 590 AM, WROW, also heard on 100.5 FM. I'm Bob Cudmore, joined today by Jack McEnany and Albany Mayor 
Kathy Sheehan. Uh, let me just uh, put put this in. It relates uh, somewhat to these history topics. Uh, we were uh, just talking about history, Mayor, and uh, the new convention center came up. Uh, I was the uh, Gazette newspaper did a feature on it. And apparently, you can see the the outline, the steel outline of the convention center now. So I guess it's really happening. That's right, and I think that it is. Um, you know, there's been a lot of work, but it's been in the ground, and so now that people can see the steel and can see that it really is being built, I think that the reality is setting in that we need to be ready. And we need to be ready in so many ways. As as Jack said, we need to be ready to tell our story and explain our city to people who are here and who are going to be curious. And we need to make sure that our restaurants and small businesses understand the opportunity that exists for them. Because what we know is that when people come to visit another city, whether it's for two days of meetings or, uh, you know, to visit family for a weekend, they're looking for what is unique. And so what is that unique restaurant? What is that unique little store where they can get something that they can't find anywhere else. And so this is a really great opportunity for our existing businesses and for entrepreneurs. And so there's a really concerted effort underway, particularly within our business improvement districts. We have our downtown bid, Central Ave bid, which has great international dining, Lark Street, which has a lot of funky shops to make sure that they're getting their businesses ready for the opportunity that's coming. And uh, over to uh, Jack McEnany, uh, we, uh, the mayor mentioned that, um, and I thought it was an interesting term, that the history in Albany sort of siloed. I mean, the state does its thing, yeah. the city does its thing. And uh, is there any way to, I mean, how do you well, surmount that? There's a group that uh, uh, was in existence uh, even before the mayor put together her, her Blue Ribbon Committee, if you will, and that was Partners in Albany for Albany Stories. And uh, these were a number of the groups that she mentioned, and it's not just the city of Albany. It would include uh, Cralo over in Rensselaer and certainly the wonderful Shaker Heritage Society that has the area out by the Anley Home, which is the first Shaker settlement in the nation. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were out there just uh, uh, just this week talking about uh, Mother Ann Lee with her 280th birthday was being celebrated. She was born on leap year. Mm-hmm. So she doesn't get a lot oh, of doesn't get a lot of uh, of, uh, of birthdays, but uh, that group got together: Cherry Hill and the Tenbrook Mansion and the Albany Institute, the museum, and so on. There's about eleven or uh, twelve of them, and they got together uh, two or three years ago and put this package together. Even before that, they talked about it, so that made life a lot easier. And of course, they got represented on the mayor's cultural heritage uh, uh, work group, and. Uh, we know about silos. We know it's, it's tough when you have the the weak sisters that are just starting and then the strong ones and one can dominate the other, and we don't want that. We want you to have a varied experience when you come to Albany and know what's out there, what op- what hours they're open, and the amount of cooperation uh, that goes on between these groups is just extraordinary. Mm-hmm. Um, Mayor, work has been done on the Wellington Row on State Street. Uh, what was done there, and why is that stretch of buildings important? Well, you know, it is a beautiful facade that is part of the fabric of the city of Albany, and it had been... Uh, neglected for many years and then came to the point where the facades were about the only thing that could be saved. And so, you know, I think that it really demonstrates what is happening in the city of Albany when you see the investment that occurred there, new businesses there. There's a building that is a residential uh, component of market rate apartments. And then, of
of course, um, the incredible Renaissance, you know, the former DeWitt Clinton Hotel. And so that area is seeing new life and it's thriving and it is proximate to where the convention center is located. And so that whole area is really seeing a lot of new vibrancy and opportunity. And I think, you know, the, the siloing, one of the things about, uh, you know, convening this, uh, at, at, at the level of, of, it was when the mayor asks for certain people to participate, um, we're able to get that sense of cooperation. It's not that people don't want to cooperate. It's that they need to understand what, how important is this to the you know local elected officials? How important is it is to the community? I must say the state museum. Uh, the Office of General Services, uh, the state capitol, under the leadership of the governor, have been fully on board with this effort and really see it as an incredible opportunity to collaborate. And this does need to be something that is regional, ultimately, in its impact. But we wanted to collect the sources of local pride, and we're really being very strategic about it. We're looking at who is visitor-ready who has hours that, uh, you know, really send the message to the public that they're visitor ready with all of the focus on Hamilton. We're seeing a, hu- you know, a huge increase in interest in coming to Albany because of the connections of Albany to Hamilton's life story. And so, again, it's another opportunity and it's why it's so important that we all work together to interpret that story and tell the, that story. And his connection was he was married to a member of the Schuyler family. In the Schuyler yeah. mansion. Yeah. Yes. And he practiced law here and he was a state legislator here mm. mayor also has been working on uh, getting people to actually live downtown in market rate housing and uh, as she mentioned wellington row has some of it but throughout the downtown area there's a uh, a rebirth of interest particularly of millennials and i suppose a few empty nesters who really want that uh, vibrancy of being in a downtown and their presence means that it, it pays to open up small shops and delicatessens and things like that that you have in a normal neighborhood, not just a central downtown. It, with history, it seems to me, we've got more than this probably, but you've got buildings and people. I mean, we've talked a fair amount about the buildings, and uh, but I've always been interested in the writing I do on local history up uh, in the Mohawk Valley way about the people in the of the valley. Uh, and I know that's an interest of yours, Jack, and I would say with other uh, writers like the, the great Bill Kennedy. I mean, he's writing yeah. about, you know, p- people, the ethnic groups and so on. Well, that's true. Bill's going to be at the Institute, I think, this this weekend on Sunday and talk about tying in the places, the brick and mortar that he describes in his writings about the people and and how their neighborhoods affect them, and they affect those neighborhoods. And uh, you can't do it on brick and mortar. It's the flesh and blood that really uh, that really makes history fascinating. And people forget that word, story. It's in history. And we're here for the stories, because that's what really makes us unique with these uh, strong and, and quirky characters over the uh, generations that really make us different from every other city or every other community in the nation. And you have to get the story out there, and that's the challenge, to make it interesting for our visitors and our home team as well. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll say, you know, there is a, a real desire and passion for this. Uh, the Albany Institute kicked off its 225th birthday, and there, George Washington was there yes. to uh, present me with a replica of a letter that George Washington presented to the city fathers. He came here as a general and uh, was welcomed by the city, and he sent a letter, a very 
appreciative of his experience here and his visit here. And so that replica of that letter was hanging in my office when I was visited by a group of school children who won an essay contest, writing an essay about Henry Johnson, another historical person. Mm-hmm. And they were fascinated. These young school children stood there and read this letter because it was legible um, that had been written by George Washington to the former fathers, and they were all fathers at the time, of the city of Albany. And so it it is the people, right? And I talk about Benjamin Franklin being here and the Albany Plan of Union, you know, bringing to life the fact that he walked these streets. And not only did he walk these streets, but he had these ideas that were revolutionary in their time. And that were discussed and debated right here in the city of Albany. And I think those are the things that really hook people. And that's where we have tremendous opportunity. We have a lot that we already have that we've captured. But that's where past working together, as as Jack talked about, and, and others interpreting it together and pulling it together that we need to do to take it to that next level. And uh, Jack mentioned the Dutch heritage. There's a, a man who w- works at the state uh, education complex named Charles Gehring. You may you may know him, who's a, a great authority on early Dutch and can translate all those yeah, all uh, documents. <laughs> yeah. But but any and and he was the advisor to a you know a man who wrote a book about New York City, Russell Shorto's Island at the Center of the World. So anyway, I mean the the Dutch heritage to study it, you, you come to Albany. That's right, and when we're unique in that regard, uh, there's no there's no question about it. Also, a lot of our history is rediscovery of something that was once known and common, like Henry Johnson and mm-hmm. the national hero he was, and finally the long struggle successfully for him to get the Medal of Honor. Uh, the uh, uh, the Myers House, a major center of uh, underground railroad activity and abolition activity. Believe me, in the 1960s, not too many people knew about these things. And those that did, it was fading into the past, as in the case of Henry Johnson. So a lot of our job is rediscovery, to get people to recognize what they already have and has faded, bring it forward and and restore that gift to the next generation. Because of my uh, connection as an adjunct at the College of St. Rose, my well, first acquaintance, not my first acquaintance with Albany, but I spent a lot of time in their neighborhood, which is the Pine Hills. Uh, and I, then I found out that that's where you came from. Oh, I remember yeah. you and I. Both a, my parents as well. Yeah, what was, and you said that was the first, uh, that, they, that neighborhood prided itself on not having saloons at one time. Uh, yes, in the city directory of the 1890s, they, they give all the the, uh, claims to fame that there are villas, that there are side lots is what they're saying, which for fear of fire was very important. And and, uh, every fourth or fifth page, and there's no saloons. There's (laughs) architectural covenants and zoning covenants, and uh, you couldn't build a saloon. And for the most part, there's not a lot of saloons once you hit Partridge Street and go west. Okay. Um, Mayor Sheehan, anything? uh, We're practically out of time. Anything you wanted to bring up or ask uh, Jack at this moment? Well, you know, I think that, uh, you know, his ability to sort of capture and tell the history of Albany is unique. And I guess I'm curious as to whether your friends in the legislature uh, were were swayed by that or learned things new, because we're always trying to educate our friends from around the state. I I was not shy about getting up on the floor and... (laughs) People would go quiet because I would usually give historical uh, precedence as to something that looks so new actually was coming around again. 
and, uh, you know, to quote Yogi Barrett, uh, deja vu all over again. <laughs> and uh, I still have the title. I'm, I'm the historian of the assembly. It's a, an honorary title. Oh, really? Very good. But uh, it's important. And there is, the mayor mentioned, a tremendous rebirth of interest in uh, in Hamilton. The Schuyler Mansion mm-hmm. has put on extra hours and tours. And Hamilton is ours. 